What's up, San Antonio? What's up, South Texas? Hope everyone's bundled up and ready to go for an hour of sports talk. My name is Mike Jimenez, joined by Joe Garcia. I understand that it's freaking cold in the Alamo City right now. We're part of the Alamo City Sportscast coming at you, typically from West San Antonio and West Bear County. But right now, if you take a look behind me, I'm nowhere near the Alamo City. Yeah. I'm in La Habra Heights, California, just outside of L.A., uh, so it's not 19 degrees over here. It's 55. It's going to get into the 60s today. But Joe, how are things in San Antonio? Do you miss me? Yeah, things in San Antonio are cold as shit, dude. And right now, I'm not missing <laughs> anybody, dude. I, I felt sick. So full disclosure, I went to the urgent care right around where I live, right here off of Petrenko, where the Dunkin' Donuts is at. You know where that's at. Um, yeah. I, and I tested positive for COVID. So I'm going to have to miss the next two days of work, and I feel like absolute shit, dude. Fuck and you know God. what? I, I feel bad for you, man. I feel bad for you. Uh, you know, you have COVID. I spent time with you doing the show the other day. My last client that I saw from my financial practice called me yesterday and said that he had COVID. Jeez. So I think it's just going around, and I woke up this morning just feeling <clears throat> this uh, congestion. <clears throat> I <clears throat> just felt like uh, like just something just sat on my chest. You know, I just feel a little bit off today. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Have uh, COVID, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I got a feeling that we do, man. Let's just, let's just fast up and say it. Uh, will I be tested? No, not anymore, man. Back in the day, of course I would have. But now, kind of just indifferent about it all. But, man, uh, I'm over here attending family business. Again, I'm in Los Angeles. By the way, my cousin has a beautiful home. Yeah, it looks really nice, dude. Got a swimming pool in the back. I was in the hot tub last night, and uh, it was very cool. It, it's getting kind of chilly over here. It's getting into, like, the low 40s, upper 30s, which for California is pretty freaking cold. Yeah. Uh, but the hot tub was just nice. Hey, again, we're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter as well. You can be part of the show by being part of our YouTube stream. You can leave a comment. We'd be happy to read them in real time. Lots of them already coming in. Uh, Chris Gonzalez comes out to us and says in Dak's voice, let's go home. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go home. Yeah. Jesus wants to wish everybody happy morning, saying everyone stay warm. Uh, so except, except for me, I can stay cold, he says. <laughs> David reaches out to us says that it was 17 degrees where he was this morning, and others are reaching out saying prayers up and whatnot for F the Cowboys. Uh, all, all for the Cowboys and, and whatnot. So uh, but we have a lot to get into. We're going to dissect what happened to the Cowboys. Who's at fault? Where do the Cowboys go from here? We'll talk more about the NFL playoffs. We're down to eight teams. Uh, we've seen the Detroit Lions advance. Last night, Baker Mayfield advanced in the playoffs. Not for the first time, for the second time, defeating the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, no team in the NFC East is in the playoffs. But one of the teams that still remains, the Houston Texans. Do they have any chance against the Baltimore Ravens in the second round? We'll get into that. Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. Uh, I'm going to say this. He better win Rookie of the Month at the very least because he is playing extremely well right now. So yeah. we'll get into that, and then we'll see where the show takes us from here. Joe is sick. I'm sick. It is 19 degrees in San Antonio, but let's just keep warm. Let's talk sports, and let's just BS for the next hour or so. <laughs> I like Buru Pinche essays. Uh, Buru Pincho sports, should I say? <laughs> Baker, Purdy, and Dak have the same amount of playoff wins. Ha, ha, That's ha. right. You know who else does? Uh, the Green Bay Packers are love. You know, Jordan Love here. They went in and beat Dallas, right, in, in Jerry World. Now the Packers have more playoff wins than Dak does in Jerry well, World. Well, then the Cowboys in general do in, yeah. in, in, sure in Jerry World. They're undefeated at Jerry World. Undefeated, bro. That is ridiculous. And Aaron Jones turned back the clock, man. So let's get into that game because we weren't here on Monday to talk about this, but the Packers beat up on the Dallas Cowboys 48-32. to It wasn't even that close. Nope. Okay. You take a look at it, and one of the tweets that I had earlier this past weekend was, Dak Prescott is the king of meaningless stats. Because if you take a look at his stat line, you'd be thinking to yourself, oh, well, this guy threw for, you know, 403 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he was balling, yes. right? No, dude. They fell behind so quickly. They're down 20 to 0. And I'm thinking to myself, the Cowboys need to make a move here in the second quarter. Get this touchdown, make it 20 to 7, apply some pressure, and then the pick six. And I was like, oh my God. And you know I'm not a Cowboy fan, right? And I'm I'm in California. 
with my immediate family from San Antonio, they're Cowboy fans, but the fan, but the the uh, California family that I have here hate the Cowboys. So half the room is cheering, half the room is booing. And I find it to be interesting that the Cowboys did it all over again. I tweeted a couple of days ago. Cowboys were 12 and 5 this year. They were 12 and 5 the year before. They were 12 and 5 the year before that. Why are Cowboy fans suddenly more um, amped up? Why are they more confident this year compared to years past? People were saying, well, it's because he met us with a two seed. They've, they've got a direct path to the NFC Championship game. And it was so weird watching Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb not have a connection in that game. <clears throat> How was that even possible? These two have been in sync the entire season. C.D. Lamb, with one of the best receiving uh, seasons in NFL history, broke the record for the Cowboys' record for most uh, receptions in a year, most receiving touchdowns in a year, most yards in a year. He broke all the records that Michael Irvin had, and he looked scared. And because he looked scared, Dak looked scared. And then they couldn't get the running game on, and then one last thing before I turn to you, Joe. Uh, was it Rex Ryan on ESPN on Get Up yesterday? <clears throat> mentioned the fact that there were 56 plays against the Cowboys on the defensive side of the ball. And he said that the Cowboys had six defensive backs or more in all but like four or five plays. And he goes, what are you doing? They're running the ball against you. You load the box, or you 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 stop the run, and you dare Jordan Love to throw, and the Cowboys were like, "No, you all can run. We'll let you run." Dude, the Packers had nearly nine yards per play in that game, and Jordan Love looked like the veteran, not Dak Prescott. You are a lifelong Cowboy fan. Now you warned us, Joe, that that this was going to be an implosion coming. You were one of the few that uh, didn't buy into this is our year, even though you're a diehard Cowboy fan. As yep. you were watching this game unfold, what were your thoughts? I was hoping the Cowboys would get absolutely embarrassed. I wanted the score to be in the 50s, 60s, and the Cowboys to only score 10 points, 7 points. Yeah. At this point, the Cowboys are exactly the team that everybody thought they would be. And what I mean by that is, Cowboys fans kind of knew in the back of their head, if you're a true fan, that Dak was going to go ahead and shit the bed again in the biggest moment. Doesn't matter what the regular season record is. He needs to show up in the biggest in the big moments. Right. Notoriously, when you go and you look at Dak's overall playoff record, he's only had two wins. It's like two and five, something like that. And it's abysmal for what the Cowboys are paying for Dak. And all the opportunities that they've given Dak Prescott. They've surrounded him with talent. They have a good O-line. He has C.D. Lamb. He has some other weapons. And still, they can't seem to figure it out. Abs this was an absolute ass-kicking embarrassment. And it starts not only with, with Dak, but you also have to go ahead and point the finger at the coaching staff. Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn. Yeah. What the hell were you guys doing? You know, you can't make adjustments on the fly. That's what you do in the context of an NFL playoff game. You make adjustments and you have your players, your big-time players, go out there and, and play spectacular. Micah Parsons, uh, like they were saying in the chat, didn't show up. Dak Prescott didn't show up. C.D. Lamb, non-existent for most of the game. Finally started, I guess him and Dak started figuring things out midway through the third, you know, in the fourth quarter. Started making some, you know, some plays happen, but it was too late by then. Uh, it, this is just an absolute embarrassment by, by the Dallas Cowboys. And if Jerry doesn't make some changes, meaning that maybe it'd be in the best interest of both Dak, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys to part ways. Dak has a no trade clause in his his contract, but at the end of the day, man, if he's not producing and he knows he's not. And he even said, I sucked after the game. Bro, you've been sucking for the last several seasons. It's not just one game. That's indicative of, two, of who he is. Dak is not that guy. And it's clearly evident. At some point, Jerry has to move on. Whether that means moving on from Dak and McCarthy, that's on him. But some changes need to be had. That's all I can say.
Dak Prescott is an interesting character because he's not a bad quarterback. And there are some times when he plays, he plays at a very elite level. The problem that you have with the Cowboys, it's more of a psychological thing than anything else because I mentioned to family members before the game started, you know how the Cowboys game is going to go by midway through the first quarter. If the Cowboys get punched in the face, they act like glass Joe and they don't get back up. And they, and you see the, the, the Packers go and do this long five, six minute long drive, get a touchdown, go seven Oh. And then you see the Cowboys get a quick series punting the ball. And I looked at my family and I said, if this is a touchdown right here, game is over because the Cowboys do not have the ability to catch up. They are a excellent front-running team. You give Dak Prescott a 10-point lead, he will turn that 10-point lead into 20 or 30. But his booty hole gets tight when you start losing. And I'm sorry, if you want to blame anybody for this, I blame Dan Quinn number one. Dan Quinn did not adjust for crap in that game. He did not adjust for the running game. And Aaron Jones was looking like Aaron Jones of 2018, 2019. He owns that building. And this is a team, this Green Bay team, that has a Jordan Love that is one of the best quarterbacks in the last seven or eight weeks. This isn't a surprise in the sense that, oh, he just played out of his mind for once. He's been doing this since Thanksgiving. They needed to be better prepared, and Dan Quinn was not prepared. And then what ended up happening? It started to snowball, started to go downhill. You saw Dak Prescott starting to press. CeeDee Lamb was dropping passes. Now, they weren't the greatest passes. But he was dropping passes. And when was the last time you saw CeeDee Lamb look scared on the sideline, sitting down, and Mike McCarthy going over to him to, like, console him? I was thinking to myself, oh, my God. They're, they imploded in one quarter. And then you have that pick six to make it 26-0. to And you, you look at those plays. Now, a lot of Cowboy fans were complaining about one of the interceptions saying, oh, well, that was pass interference. No, it wasn't. Okay, it wasn't. The DB has the ability to go after the ball too, and he has every right to go after it also. He didn't grab anybody. He was he went for the ball. So, interception. Then that pick six. That right there is if you if you if you follow like Emmanuel Acho from FS1 and all that, they, they talk about the fact that Dak Prescott and the offense have tendencies that you can watch all their games and then you can go, they don't change anything. You know, they, the, the plays that they run in week 10 are the same that they ran in week five, the same as they ran in week one, and they don't change anything. So they know that the Cowboys are going to be predictable on the offensive side of the ball. It's amazing what the Cowboys were able to do, and they suckered their fans yet again into believing it. And here's the hard truth when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys right now. That Super Bowl window was this year. It is closed. There is no Super Bowl window in 2024, 25, 26. It is done. This was their chance because now they've got one of two things to do. One is, are they going to pay Dak Prescott as the highest paid player in the NFL? We saw Justin Herbert sign a deal north of $55 million, And typically what ends up happening is, is that when you're next, you're next. Dak has like a $59, $60 million cap hold. <clears throat> right now, so they were to dump him, the Cowboys would be out that much money. They can restructure his deal, but the question is this, Cowboy fans, do you want Dak Prescott to be extended? Because Dak Prescott is who he is. He is 30 years old. He has eight seasons as a starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. He is 2-5 and five in the playoffs. That's a winning percentage of .286. He is who he is, and ha as his salary gets higher and higher, it makes it harder and harder to keep certain players because other players have already gotten paid, you know, the Trayvon Diggs of the world, the C.D. Lambs of the world, but then there's the Micah Parsons that need to get paid. There's not enough money to go around, and I hate to say this, Cowboy fans, they may need to bite the bullet and suck next year and just lick their wounds and regroup. Maybe draft a quarterback. You know, maybe maybe hand the ball to Trey Lance. 
You know, and as David Allwater reaches out to us and says, Prescott and Romat, Romo only had two playoff wins. You know, and it's it's amazing how with all the talent and whatnot, and the Cowboys going 13 playoffs without making the conference championship game. Yep. They have gone 28 years without winning a Super Bowl. And you see uh, Michael Irvin just lose his mind uh, on social media saying, it was different. We had a different mentality in the 90s. And then you see Jimmy Johnson lose his mind uh, at halftime, which was, by the way, great theater, by the way. Great theater. I loved what Jimmy Johnson did. But that was also a time when the salary cap did not exist. Okay? Salary cap instituted. Cowboys were supportive of it. They got one more chip, and then they have sucked ass ever since. The Cowboys are just a poorly run franchise. And it starts with Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones is not the owner you need because he's meddling with everything. But Dan Quinn, with the small linebackers, his, his wanting to play a bunch of DBs, it's a lot of what wins in the regular season, but it doesn't win in the playoffs. And the Cowboys need to hit the reset button now. Yeah, they need to make some changes, man, because Cowboys fans are already, they're tired, bro. I know I'm tired. You know what? I even got an offer to join the Bills Mafia. And you know what? I'm considering joining another team, rooting for another team, because I'm tired of this bullshit already. You know, the Cowboys haven't done anything in, since the 90s. Was it 92, 96, something like that? 96, yes. And it's been ridiculous, man. At some point in time, too, as fans, you got to move on from this franchise because it's a poverty-ass franchise just leading to more disappointment season after season after season. Something's got to give, and you know what that's going to probably be? I'm going to have a talk with my pops here <laughs> when I get better over the COVID. And me and him are going to discuss what team we're going to root for next season because I can tell you one thing. It's probably not going to be the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to move on from this poverty-ass franchise <laughs> and root for a winner. Maybe we'll be Saints fans or Texans fans or something, but you know what? It ain't going to be Cowboy fans anymore. Well, I, I can guarantee you that. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine, and she and I were going back and forth because she's a big fan of the Houston Texans. And I told her that I wanted to adopt the Texans as my Sancha team. Yeah. And there are rules for having a Sancha team. Okay, The rule is it has to be a team that's in a different conference than yours. So if you're a Cowboy fan and want to be part of Bill's Mafia, that's a different conference, man. That's a different conference. They don't stand in the way of you making the Super Bowl. That's a different conference. Me, in the past couple of years, I've cheered for – I'm a Saints fan – I've cheered for the Bengals because they have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and and um, uh, you know uh, they they have the LSU connection that's there. Um, my daughter went to LSU, so my money went to LSU, so therefore I felt like I could cheer for them. When they didn't make the make the playoffs this year, I said, you know what, I'm going to jump on the the bandwagon <laughs> that is D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans. I tweeted earlier this weekend. Imagine if C.J. Stroud equals the number of playoff wins as Dak Prescott in his rookie season. C.J. Stroud is a stud. That is a very, very good player. I don't know what kind of uh, chance they have against the Ravens because the Ravens, uh, very good defense. It's on the road. It might be cold out there. Uh, But my goodness, uh, they're playing with house money. And I love so many different things about what happened in the playoffs this weekend. Uh, I had a back and forth with somebody over the weekend about how a lot of NFL teams have skirted around the Rooney rule and how certain teams are finally hiring minority head coaches. And we've seen D'Amico Ryans do well. We've seen um, uh, Todd Bowles with Tampa Bay uh, do well. And it's nice to see that some of the younger guys out there, because these are young minority coaches. These are not the Romeo Cremels of the world who are like 70-some-odd years old, and they're trotting them out there to be the head coach for five or six games, you know? So it's it's interesting to see, but taking a look at that game, uh, the uh, the uh, Houston Texans, though, they dismantled the Browns 45-14. to 14. They had those two pick sixes. I believe it was in the third quarter, and that, was, that game was over. And to see the crowd just animated and pumped up, so great to see 
Texans advance, and they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens who have who should be the MVP in um, Lamar Jackson. But look at these teams, Joe. Look at these teams. Tampa Bay making it through. Look at Green Bay being the second youngest team in all of football make it make it through. Look at the Texans, youngest team in football, making it through into the playoffs. That says a lot. There's something about culture and coming together at the right time. And right now, the Ravens are favored by nine points in Saturday's game against the Houston Texans. Kickoff at 3.30 p.m. in San Antonio on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and on ABC. <laughs> Over under a 44.5, so they're not expecting much. Now, meantime, Vegas is expecting a blowout in the evening game on Saturday because the 49ers are 10-point favorites over the Green Bay Packers. The Sunday games, Lions favored by six over the Bucks, and the Bills favored by two and a half over the Kansas City Chiefs. I did see a thing earlier today on Facebook. It was a meme saying that the Super Bowl that we all want to see is the Taylor Swift against Eminem Super Bowl. Oh, Kansas yeah. City against Detroit because did you see Eminem in the stands last night? I did. Uh, as they were playing uh, "Lose Yourself" and he, or that was the night before, uh, they were playing "Lose Yourself" and the entire crowd sang it to him. He did not sing it; they sang it to him because they showed him on the cra- on the on the jumbotron, and he wasn't sitting in like some luxury box seat. It looked like he was just in some regular seat enjoying yeah. the game. It was great. Yeah, man, it was it was great to see some of the playoff games yesterday, too. You know, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers besting the the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the game prior to that, what did you have? The Steelers, you that know, all boring ass game. That's either that was a boring ass game. Steelers just they just couldn't compete, man. Right. You know, Bills just <laughs> really just dispatched them handedly, man. Baker Mayfield now has two playoff wins. This is the guy. Uh, I was arguing with somebody on, on Twitter earlier today. I don't say I was arguing, but they were going back and forth. And I made a, a comment that he saw where I said, Baker Mayfield has the same number of playoff wins as Dak Prescott. And they came up to me and they were like, well, you know, Dak Prescott was a fourth round draft pick and Baker was number one overall. Baker Mayfield in his first six seasons had eight head coaches <laughs> and had a different offensive coordinator each and every year, got dumped on by Carolina had to go follow Tom Brady for crying out loud who brought a Super Bowl to Tampa and the guy is just a gamer and you start to believe in him and yeah the NFC South was a was a crappy division and only took nine wins to win the Bucks and Saints were both tied at nine and eight Bucks had the tiebreaker so they moved on and now they're in the playoffs you take a look at that you may, may make fun of Baker you may make fun of that division but how many teams in the NFC East are still around after one week of the playoffs? None. None. <laughs> but then you look at the Texans, by the way, we see uh, uh, Chris Bettis reaching out to us saying, with you, Mike, Texans are officially the Sancha team. I like it. Uh, here's the thing. Who has more playoff wins? Lamar Jackson or CJ Stroud? I would have to say it's going to be Lamar Jackson. They're even. Lamar only has one. Wow. This is the guy that's going to win his second MVP. Lamar Jackson only has one playoff win. And the reason why he only has one playoff win is because he played in the same conference as Tom Brady and uh, Patrick Mahomes. It is hard to win in the in the NFL. Look at that, that conference, the, that divisional playoff game that we're going to have. We have, what, the Detroit Lions going up against uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFC championship game is going to feature – Either Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff. <laughs> Look at what Chris Gonzalez puts. Did you you know who had a huge weekend? The wife of Kyle. You said, yeah, yeah. yeah, his, his wife Kristen. Say social media was going crazy with her jackets for Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift. Uh, is beyond that. Uh, I saw on TikTok over the weekend. Thank you for bringing that comment in, Chris. Um, the biggest demo. In- increasing demographic in the NFL right now is women. And mm-hmm. it's beyond Taylor Swift. It's been before that. And a lot of women are complaining about the fact that the only thing that the NFL offers is jerseys. Yeah. And they might it may have a V-neck for you know cleavage purposes or whatnot. 
it may have, but it's just a jersey, and it looks manly. It's not feminine. And you have these uh, these these wives of NFL players who happen to be designers going out, and you should see some of the stuff that they're designing. It is like club wear, but yeah. in a good way, hot way, sexy way, that you could wear your Cowboys gear, your Niners gear, your Packers gear, your Saints gear. <clears throat> and, and they're telling the NFL, look what we're able to do. We're yeah. able to make it sexy and fun for – 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds want, would want to dress up and, and go to the game and look good doing it. Yeah, man. I mean, you want to see your girl out there in just a, a regular old T-shirt or a little V-neck, you know, jersey? I mean, I've seen a lot of my friends that have significant others, whether it be wives or girlfriends, wearing Dallas Cowboy gear that they customize themselves, mm-hmm. you know, or they get it, you know, made by somebody else, and it looks good. You know they look cute. They look good in their in their gear. So social apparel does a better job than Spurs marketing when it comes to yeah, t-shirts. No doubt, you know. But I understand the appeal. You know, women like things a little bit different. They have a different style than the men. You know, and I think it's time that the NFL kind of gets on board and goes with some of these designers to design clothing that's tailored towards women because that is the fastest growing demographic right now in the NFL. You got to tailor to your fan. There was a story that I saw on CBS Morning News. Uh, they have that Sunday show, which, by the way, it's one of my favorite shows. I don't see it as often as I should, uh, but it's like feel good stories. And they had one about this small little boutique that sold vintage Kansas City Chiefs gear outside of Kansas City. But it's kind of like it's like the equivalent of Bernie to San Antonio. It's like thirty miles outside of town. It's a very quaint town, very nice upper class town. Yeah. And um they were they received this order for vintage jackets and whatnot. And the person who runs it, this young woman who runs the store, owns the store, thought to herself, I bet you this is Taylor Swift's people who are doing this. So what she did was in the packaging, she decided to put on a beanie that was not ordered. All they ordered were jackets. Yeah. And she put a beanie in there and she custom made it with the number 87 on the side. So you can see the beanie. It says 87 with the Chiefs logo on it. And she said that she freaked out when she saw Taylor Swift wearing it because it wasn't like Taylor Swift went on Amazon and bought it. It was her people who bought it. But she yeah. put two and two together. Why are five jackets being mm. bought that are vintage that they want this, that, and the other? Does She put two and two together. Very, very cool thing. Women are watching sports more often. They go to Spurs games. Uh, I, I, I talk to, to young ladies and I ask them, hey, you know, what's the ideal date? It's not dinner or a movie. They want to go to Spurs game. Yeah. You know, they want to go do an activity, an event. Yeah, but and, they don't want to be sitting in the cheap seats. Come on. If you're going to take your girl, you're going out on a date, you're going to go see a Spurs game, sit in the lower bowl, bro. Come on. I would say this, though. If you're upper level and you are in the bottom seven rows, eight rows, you might get a pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are in row L, section fourteen, that's five rows from the from the court, bro. Come on, that's where we're gonna be at, Mike. That, I love it, dude. Never tell me the time I went to a Spurs game, and my brother in law got me tickets because he worked for a Fortune five hundred company here in San Antonio, and uh, I was allowed. Well, we got tickets to the uh, second row, yeah. and uh, it's a it's a TV timeout, and uh, Monte Ellis is going off. Monte Ellis was having like he had 35, 36 points. And uh, it's a TV timeout, and they're gonna inbound the ball to him. And I started trash talking Monte Ellis. Oh god. I was like, Monte, Monte, you're having a game, boy. You're having a game, baby. Having a game. 36 points, 36 points. And he looks over at me and just smiles. And then I said, You've given up like 60 on defense, though. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Parker had himself a night that night. Tony Parker had like 45, like a career high. Like, Monte, Monte. We're on the subject here of Spurs, man. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about the San Antonio Spurs game against the Atlanta Hawks because I was busy working yesterday. Even though I was feeling like crap, I didn't know I had COVID yet until right. this morning. And I made it through. I powered through the day, you know. Uh, and what I did is – I went ahead and watched the game as I was working, right? And I was like, damn, the, the Spurs are already getting their ass handed to them this early in the game by Trey Young. 
And that was so bad that Coach Pop even said he was kind of, they said he's kind of whispering to Wemby, hey, man, we're going to go ahead and put you in the G League, send you to the G League. <laughs> you know, we're going to bench you because you all are playing like absolute dog shit, you know? Yeah. So he came back and he rose to the occasion. He had a better second half, 26 points, you know, finished the game. But Wemby rose to the occasion. He knew he was playing like crap, and he just needed somebody to call him out on it. And he was saying after the game, he likes it when he's coached hard. Right. You know, he's receptive to that, especially Coach Pop getting into him, you know, laying into him and telling him, hey, man, you're playing like crap, bro. You need to wake the fuck up, you know? And I, I'm glad that he's receptive to being coached that way because it's just going to make him a better player. But overall, I mean, the 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 Spurs just have no answer for Trey. He just no, they don't. And, and the, the Spurs right now, I mean, they were down 35 points at halftime yesterday. And what we're finding about Victor Wembanyama this month, and I say this month, is that he's the truth. He is, man. He is the truth. He is a superstar in the making. He will be one of the five to ten best players in all of the NBA within the next two years. Might not make the all-star team this year. Uh, but we'll make it perennially, right? Yeah. Um, that is the thing about it. And we know that he is a stud out there on the court. He's saying the right things. But what I think January is doing as the team is getting better or playing better, you know, they played well against Milwaukee. They played well against Cleveland. They won a couple of games that they should have won. Uh, they, they, they were tough against Chicago, uh, even though Wemby was not on the court. Uh, that went down to the wire. And then against Atlanta, they caught up and, and played better in the second half. What we're finding, though, is that there's nobody who can step up without Wemby there. When Wemby's on the court, those 24 to 26 minutes, the Spurs are an okay team. When he is not on that court, the Spurs suck. And Devin Vassell is not stepping up. Keldon Johnson tries his hardest. And there's some days where Keldon does a very good job. Other days where he disappears. The last couple of games, we needed Vassell to step up, and Vassell has played like garbage. Yeah. Now, who's turning it around, though, is uh, Sohan is understanding that, hey, it's not about me. It's about complimenting everything that Wemby's doing. Be his shadow. Be the Batman to his Robin. Hey, and look at what this comment is from Chris Gonzalez. He says, the first half of the game, Sohan was the only one playing, and that, yeah. that's the truth. He was the only guy out there wanting to play worth the damn. And Sohan, I, I've been critical of Sohan for so long because they're having him do things outside of his normal skill set. And what he has been doing the last week and a half, last two weeks, has been ideal. And it may not show up on the box score, but what he's doing right now is ideal. He'll never be an all-star doing what he's doing right now. He'll never be a star doing what he's doing right now. He's doing dirty work. He is uh, doing back cuts. Uh, the, the the passing game between Sohan and Wemby has developed into something very special. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but Sohan doesn't have to be a star. Sohan has to be the fourth or fifth best player on the team, and he's getting there. He's getting a little bit better every week that goes by. His shooting has improved this year a little bit overall. So, you know, that's that. But, man, what we're finding out, though, is that the Spurs – might need to hit the reset button. We've heard Greg Popovich say earlier in the season, we're going to see what we got. But he's also talking about in the last week, Jeff Garcia from Lockdown Spurs and Kent's Five. Follow him at Jeff G Spurs Zone on Twitter. Follow him on Lockdown Spurs on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Was talking about the fact that Pop is saying, yeah, right now we're engaging who's going to be here long term. And there's a lot of good out there, a lot of bad out there. Here's what I see from the Spurs right now. Zach Collins is that's a bad contract now. I was so wrong about that. Malachi Branham, my son, looks like Bryn Forbes out there. He's either having a hot shooting night or he's cold and can't play defense. Sohan finding his role. He's finding his his niche in there. Vassell, my goodness, man. In cumulatively having a decent season, but when he's off, he is really off. Keldon Johnson, no one tries harder than Keldon night in, night out. He's just undersized, and he'll forever be undersized for what they're asking him to do. Then you go on to the bench. You know, Blake Wesley's playing a little bit better. 
Um, I would not be surprised if the Spurs hit the hard reset because the rumors are that they're trying to get rid of of uh, Devontae Graham. They're trying to get rid of Doug McDermott. But what are you going to get for them? Are you really going to get a first-round draft pick? The Spurs have 26 second-rounders in the next five years. Why are we hoarding all those guys? You got me on that one, but <clears throat> I can tell you one thing for sure. Uh, I don't know if the Spurs are going to get any value for Devontae Graham. No. The more likely scenario, well, what I think is going to happen, the more likely scenario is that they're going to let him walk for nothing, you know, and, and that's unfortunate, but at some point you got to give the kid, you either got to give him some playing time or you, you trade him, you know, even if it is for a second round pick or what have you, or to get rid of some cap space or what have you do the right thing and let the, let the guy go play somewhere else. He's not getting any playing time. It's indicative of the minutes, the, you know, the, the, the coaches have decided they don't want to go with Devonte Graham at this point in time, because they want to kick the tires to see what they have in the young kids, you know, in the younger generation of Spurs player out there. So, I mean, he's just a product of that, you know, and it's unfortunate because you look at Devonte Graham and he could be productive if he's given minutes, if he's given opportunities out there with this current, you know, squad, because they need some, some veteran leadership out there on the court. And he brings that, but it's unfortunate that he doesn't get to play. You know, I'm looking right now at uh, odds that uh, are not odds, but uh, the stat line that Chet Holmgren had, because you and I have been talking about the uh, rookie of the year. Yeah, Chet Holmgren was rookie of the month in November, rookie of the month in December. We see that Wemby is consistently putting out 20 to 26 points per game. His year long, his season long average is just under 20. I believe it's 19.6 now. Wemby is starting to come into his own. Chet, who who had a decent January up until this past weekend, has had back-to-back games of just, hmm. you know, the, they lost to the Lakers last night. And Chet Holmgren, yeah. 30 minutes played, only nine points, had eight rebounds and four assists, also had three blocks. The game before against Orlando had 15 points, eight rebounds. Uh, meantime, if you look at what Victor Wembanyama is doing, Victor Wembanyama is throwing down the last several games that he has played. Here are, the, here are the points per game since December 31st. 21, 20, 27, 24, 16, 26, 26. So he has scored 20 or more in six of the last seven games. Actually, seven of the last eight games because on December 28th, he had 30 against the Blazers. Averaging 19.6, his rebounds, by the way, because if you look at the last four games, 10, 12, 11, 13, his rebounds per game has now gone above 10. So he's averaging 19-6, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks, 3 assists. Wemby is making the statement that he is Rookie of the Year. And I think that that race is getting close. If it was right now, and he had to put the vote in right now, Chet Holmgren would still win. But Wemby is starting to make this more of a conversation because Chet is playing poorly the last couple of games, and Wemby is balling out. And as people have mentioned to us, just uh, wait till he starts playing 30 minutes. LRM says, go Spurs, fire pop. You know, I would say that that, that would never happen. But we see Belichick out of a job. We see Pete Carroll out of a job. We saw Nick Saban retire. It, weirder things have happened, right? Uh, David yeah. saying, trade for Trey Young. I wouldn't mind. We need a star. We need a superstar somewhere in there. And the Spurs just don't have it outside mm-hmm. of Victor Wembanyama. You need three. He's the only all-star on this team. Yeah, you need three players. You need three good players in order to to do anything in the NBA, really. You know, right. you have Wimbayama, you have Devin Vassell, who is arguably one of the better players here for the San Antonio Spurs. But beyond that, you have role players. There's still a missing piece here. You know, I think if the Spurs had another uh, guy who could actually go out there and create shots and, you know, be able to just score buckets, be a walking bucket, basically. Can right. you imagine what that would do for one Devin Vassell? That would open his game up tremendously. And it would also open up other opportunities for one Victor Wembeyama to possibly even have a, a better stat line than he does currently with the Spurs squad. You know, can you imagine only the possibilities, Mike, if the Spurs were able to get that third guy? Yeah, uh, you and I have said this before. It takes two guys to make the play-in tournament. It takes three guys to, um, you know, make a playoff, and you need four guys to make a run at the playoffs. 
and the Spurs have one guy in Victor Wembanyama, have potentially the three guy in Devin Vassell, but we don't have that second best stud. We we don't have it, and it's not going to be Sohan. It's not going to be Keldon. It's not going to be Devin Vassell. Those guys could go off to a good team, very much like Derek White would go. If Derek White played for the Spurs right now, he would not be as good as he is right now yeah. as he is in Boston. Just wouldn't be, right? You are better with better players oftentimes. Same thing could be said for DeJounte Murray. Exactly. That's a very good point. No. That's a very good point. They want him. Spurs fans want him back, but be careful what you wish for because if he was to come back and play with this current squad, he wouldn't be as good as he is over in Atlanta. It's a manageable contract. It, it is, and it's it's for four years, so you know you have them on lockdown for a while. Uh, it's not the worst. I, the, the Spurs fans don't understand, by and large, how the economy works when it comes to the NBA because they see that the Spurs gave Devin Vassell $27, 28000000 and they go, oh, my God, it's too much. That's too much. Dude, there are players in the NBA making 50 Yep. Okay. And Victor Wembanyama, when he becomes a free agent and the Spurs try to sign him and keep him as a supermax, might be making $75 million a year when it's all said and done. But they're going to have to go ahead and get some other pieces to surround him because that kid ain't going to want to stay and play for a losing team. I don't care right. how much he loves Coach Pop. And Coach Pop might not even be there anymore. Exactly. We, we, we can only hope. And I say only hope in the coaching aspect. I do not want him to die. No, I mean, I, nobody wants that for him. But yeah. at, some time, at some point in time in the near future, you already know that he's going to hand the mantle off to somebody else. And it'd be indicative right now to the Spurs front office to go ahead and start looking to see who that next person's going to be. Even you know, if he, Pop wants to handpick him, he has to do it now. You want to see something scary? Sure. The you want to see a dead body? Or you thought you were going to tell me you want to see a dead body? You're going to show me <laughs> picture of the Cowboys. <laughs> The Toronto Raptors have been losing so much since getting rid of OG Ananobi. They now have the sixth worst record in the NBA, Ooh. which means that their first round draft pick that the Spurs could potentially get is top six protected. So as of right now, the Spurs odds of getting that second first round draft pick for this upcoming draft have fallen tremendously. And right now, the odds of the Spurs, let's see here, the odds of the Spurs getting that pick, <clears throat> let's see here. Pretty low. <laughs> uh, the Spurs' odds are, are right around 56%. Wow. You know one thing, man, we're going to get into uh, probably tomorrow in our pop culture talk. Yeah. And I want you to do some research on this, dude, because this story really is – it's it's funny, dude. It's it's amusing and it's entertaining. Look at the Miami Mall alien fiasco that's going on across. Oh, I heard all about that. Area. Check it out, dude. And then you know what? For for your viewing pleasure, I highly recommend you go on YouTube and you watch what they were t talking about on the Dan Lebetard show because that yeah, was yeah. gold, dude. It was hilarious. It was fun. We're gonna talk about that tomorrow in our pop culture talk. So one thing I wanted to get into was. Uh, you know, I flew out here to California right now. I'm in La Habra Heights, California, which is just outside of L.A. And uh, here for some – we had a, a passing in the family, so uh, we're going to have a funeral tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, so right, I'll be here till Thursday. And long story short, um, you know, as we're flying over here from San Antonio to Los Angeles to LAX, <coughs> um, we're on Spirit Airlines. And oh, my family no. had never flown Spirit before. <laughs> they gave us a upgrade to first class. Don't know why, but they did. I didn't even realize Spirit had a first class. Yeah, they have. But that seat think... was massive. Was massive. It's so like make fun of Spirit all you want, right? That seat was massive. My nephew flew United to LA. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. He, was, he flew Spirit on the way over, so he was on the same plane with us. My bad, my bad. His seat came undone on the plane. Oh, God. I, like, it literally folded over and flipped off the railing on the seat. So it was, like, on the ground. So 
Spirit is what it is, baby. But we were talking about that whole incident involving American Airlines because uh, – I'm, I'm not American Airlines. Alaska Airlines where oh, that oh, hole yeah. opened. The window, yeah. Yeah. So the funny thing is is that Alaska Airlines reached out to that family and offered them $1,500 in compensation. Only? The one who was sitting next to it. Uh, on top of that, the iPhone that was sucked out of the – the plane. Window, yeah. Out of, out of the plane was reportedly found and it wasn't cracked. Wow. That is crazy. I'm reading that right now on slate.com. Oh, you know what else is crazy? Look at this comment here from Mario Cavazos. BB Rexa was on the treadmill a few, ye- few days ago. <laughs> Mike called her fat. Yeah, I did. Um, leave BB alone, Mike. You know, BB Rexa. Is is the is that borderline between ooh that girl thick and that girl fat? No, she that's is all, that's she is the border. I'll tell you what, man. I went to this urgent care over here on Petrenko. Yeah, the nurse practitioner that saw me mm-hmm. smoking hot, bro. Was she a smoking nugget? Hot. She was more than a nugget, bro. She had the glasses on, the dark hair. She's working those scrubs, bro. That's all she I had can the say. specs appeal, huh? She did, man. I told my wife when I came back, she goes, oh, did you get seen? I said, I did. I said, I'm thinking about going back. <laughs> Think about going back. I might get sick again. Shit. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah, she tells me I'm a dumbass. She goes, you're stupid. <laughs> it's interesting when you go to the doctor now and the doctor's younger than you or the dentist is younger than you. I had a dentist the other day that was like 26. And I'm there going, my goodness, I was in high school when you were born. You know, so it's, it's a little bit funny. But uh, Oh, man, uh, look at this. Hand over fist. You flying spirit, bro, don't talk to me. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to go where the deal is, man. And if you have like eight family members going, it look gets to be kind of pricey. Mario Cavazos, what's the address? Yeah, send me the Addy. <laughs> send me the Addy. <laughs> Just go in there, man. The care now on Petranco. They got two. They got one that's closer to Highway 151. That's the one that I went to, man. I'm telling you, man. That lady. I told the story to one of my one of my female friends the other day. I was in uh, Baton Rouge for my daughter's graduation last year. Last, well, I, technically it was last year, but it was last month. And uh, we were staying at this really nice hotel called the Cook Hotel, which is on the campus of LSU, and it's really nice. And I am going back to my room downstairs. I am at the elevator, got to go upstairs, and I, I forgot something in my room, right? <clears throat> so I waited for the elevator to open, and this nugget was on the other side, complete tent, dressed in a cocktail gown. I mean, it, she wasn't just, like, in jeans and a shirt. No, she was dressed oh, to wow. impress. Like, she was going to a wedding or or whatever. She was dressed to impress. And I said, dear Jesus. I, or something like that. I said, like, oh, Jesus, man. or something like that. And it came out of my mouth, like the audible gasp that I had. And I just said, I'm so sorry. You look great. And she just oh. smiled. But she was so hot that I could not hold the words in my, ho- in my mouth. I was so lame. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Mario Cavazos, Rudy J, and Mike Taylor hooking up next week. Yes, that's, that's right. Great. Rudy J is going to be starting his show with, with Mike Taylor. I saw the. They dropped the promos, and I, and obviously this was. Yeah, hey, that looked great, dude. That video, that video was great. The, the, this has been in the works for a while, and you know Rudy J is a really good friend of mine, and I love that man. I love him, uh, but I've been talking with him in the past about getting a podcast going. That he should do the podcast world. Um, it's funny because, you know, people give me crap about like not no longer being on San Antonio Sports Star. And I'm there going, you know, it was actually a blessing in disguise because, A, I get to still do my podcast with, with you, Joe. You reached out to me, right? Yeah. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's more in, <laughs> in radio and in TV news, there are two types of people. You're either making all the money or you're making none of the money. And it is a financial and business decision for us to get off of the radio half the time. To go do it. What happened when I got off the radio? I'll tell you what happened when I got off the radio. My business, which was the best it had ever been in 2022, skyrocketed in 2023. 
And now I'm in a better position financially than I've ever been in my entire life simply because I got off the radio and I got to focus more on my business. When yep. you and I do this show, it's an hour out of my time, right? Hour, you know, maybe I drive to your, to your place, your studio. Yep. Takes 15 minutes. It's my lunch break, right? But when I was on the radio, 12 to 3, I'd have to get there at 11 to formulate the show. And then I would do the show from 12 to 3. And then I'd have like a meeting afterwards. And then I'd have like to shoot commercials or record commercials or whatever. Damn. And I was there for four and a half hours out of the day. It's <clears throat> a long time. And for my business to still do well despite that showed how much I was working. The work-life balance is so much better now that I'm not there. And I told Rudy the other day, I said, Rudy, this is a good thing, man. You know, you might not have the tens of thousands of listeners, but the 500 to 1,000 to 2,000 to 3,000 diehards is really all that you need to A, get your voice out there, B, be part of the equation. And if you look at it this way, look who's no longer on the air in the past year. In the last year, not even the last year, it's been the last six months. Mike Taylor, Rudy J, and myself. Gone. Now, I would never put myself in their league. Yeah. Okay, because Mike Taylor, been doing it for two decades. He's in the man. He's the mayor. Rudy J, doing this for two decades as well. I would tell the story about how Rudy and I would do shows together, and I would get nervous because it's Rudy freaking J. <laughs> And he loved doing shows with me, and, and he would always tell me that he liked you know, our conversations, how it felt like 15 minutes when it was three hours, all that stuff. But I got off the air, and I hate to say it, but my show was relatively popular too. And there's something amiss right now because sports talk radio was so much better six months ago than it was today. And you and I, Joe, have to make a run at it when it comes to podcasting. Rudy needs to make a run at it. And Mike Taylor needs to make a run in it as well. Yeah. And I think that there's power in us supporting each other as opposed to antagonizing each other. Oh yeah, no, it's nothing but love. That's what that's what fans don't understand. It's like it's nothing but love between us and Taylor and, and what Rudy Jay's doing over there. Yeah. Yeah. James Molina reaches out and says, No Riz Mike. I'm rusty, dude. I'm rusty. Navarre reaches out and says, Preach, brother, preach. You know, and, and that's the thing about it is, is that look at like, we need to train people to do things differently. And one of the conversation pieces that I have with Mike Taylor, uh, if, a sneak peek in here, what he and I talk about sometimes, is the, the aging process of people who do sports talk radio in San Antonio. Whether it be me, I mean, you know who the youngest person was doing sports talk radio oh. in San Antonio up until... Recently, Rudy J. Yeah. Rudy J is 45, 46 years old. He's a year younger than me, or we're about the same age. And he is the youngest there. So I've had conversations with these guys where we're talking about who's that 20-something-year-old? Who is that 30-something-year-old lightning rod that is going to be the next big voice in San Antonio? Because if you look at what's going on right now, and as much as I love these guys, they're all north of 50. You know, and at some point, there needs to be a younger voice when it comes to it. And where does that younger voice come to? Is that younger voice going to go to Ticket 760? Is that younger voice going to go to San Antonio Sports Star? Is that younger voice going to go through the, the avenues of a podcast? Now, RJ Ochoa is going to be doing R&R in the morning with yeah. uh, replacing Rudy J. Uh, I love his content. He's, he does a lot of Cowboys uh talks and, and pieces and whatnot for blogging the boys. He is a younger guy, but he's more of an analytics guy than he is a personality guy. Yeah. Ernie uh, Ruben Espinosa says Ernie Tunica made the jump as well. Yeah. Uh, do you know who else made the jump is Michael is uh, Hector Ledesma. Yeah. Hector Ledesma. And I know that Taylor has that uh, podcast on his, on his network there where it's Taylor, it's Gletto. And Ernie Zunigo, they call it the Three Cents Podcast. So you could check right. that out. It's pretty good. We don't have to be antagonistic towards each other. I want people to listen to Rudy J. Yeah. I want people to listen to Mike Taylor. And and Rudy J. show is going to be on at 11. We're doing our show at 10. We might go to 11, 11, 15. But out of respect, we're going to come out, right? Because 
We got to let Rudy shine. Let him do his thing. You know, he needs to get his advertisers and whatnot. And and will Rudy be on our show? Maybe down the road. Will Mike be on our show? Maybe on down the road. Will we be on their show? Maybe down the road. I think there's a power in the collective. <clears throat> and uh, only time will tell if that collective actually transforms. But it's interesting how it's all going to develop. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, all in all, it's a business. But the fact of the matter is, is that I don't do this to make money. I do this because I enjoy talking sports and I enjoy having a voice out there. Uh, my day job is what makes me money. We both got so you. Yeah. yeah. Both got well, well, look at it this way. Rudy J owns a, owns a company, you know, uh, Minix is a sales guy, you yeah. know, Ryan Eagle is a, is a realtor. You know, you go, you go down the line. Sports talk radio is only a fraction of what we do. Yeah. Chris oh, says in 10 years, we will not need radio to listen to sports talk. YouTube and podcasts is the new Avenue. Think about it this way, Joe. You and I have been talking for 60 minutes, right? There's more content that you and I have done in 60 minutes than you can do in two hours on a radio show. Yeah. On a radio show, you have to go ads, headlines, headlines, uh, blah, blah, blah. And let's talk about kielbasa, smoked meat sausage. Jesse Alvarado, the Pat McAfee effect, all the talking heads on have YouTube channels and are popping up content, building their brand beyond the networks. Pat McAfee is bigger than um, is bigger than ESPN. He is. Ruben Espinosa, <laughs> hearing Rome on the radio is so painful. It is, bro. I mean, it's horrible, horrible. And, and at some point, we're all going to age out of this. You know, yeah. uh, I think Mike Taylor is right when he says that. Uh, there needs to be a younger wave. And the question becomes, who ushers in that younger wave? Is it going to be a person like me and Taylor and Rudy J and you, Joe, or or LG? Or is it going to be somebody who is uh, going to go through the, hi, I do the uh, went to radio, television, and film school over at Texas State University. And I went to the small market radio station and came up, dude, I never did radio. I want a freaking contest yeah. and became one of the highest ranked shows, rated shows in San Antonio and South Texas. I want a freaking contest. This <laughs> is not rocket science. It really isn't. Maybe the younger, the younger, uh, you know, generation that picks up the helm would be like your Rudy Campos juniors, your Carolina Teagues, you know, uh, people who have already gone through the podcasting and radio scene and, you know, start to really come on and, and make a, a name for themselves as far as their brand goes, you know? Right. But I think that if we work together um, and we pump each other up, it's well, going to no, no. be better than us fighting a battle by ourselves because we don't have the pocketbooks that a San Antonio sports star or uh, a um, Ticket 760 may or may not have. But what we do have is the ability to be functional at a lower price point, you know? Uh, to advertise, for example, on our show might be a few hundred bucks a month, 500 bucks a month or so to advertise. You go try to sponsor San Antonio Sports Star, it's like starts at four or five grand a month. Yeah. And then they try to add on to it. If we can build a following, and this is the people who are listening right now, we need you to like and subscribe. We need you to tell other people about this because the number of people I come across – they go, dude, I miss your old show. I'm like, hey, man, I have my podcast. <coughs> they don't know. We This needs to be shared on Facebook. This needs to be shared on Twitter. This needs to be shared on Instagram. You and I need to have a bigger presence on Twitter. I'm not Twitter, on TikTok. There needs to be a little bit more going on. And now yep. we have listeners coming on. When we see the YouTube uh, stats, we have a listener in, in Holland. Yeah, and then we have one in uh, we have some that are in the Philippines, some that are in yeah, Korea, Chihuahua, Mexico. I think people think that the people who are on our stream, and as much as we love you on our stream and all the content that you help steer us into, it's only a fraction of the people who listen to us. Yeah, and uh, but man, good things ahead. This has been a fun show, uh, Joe. I hope you feel better, dude. Thanks. I hope you feel better. Get some rest. I feel like trash right now. <laughs> I do too, man. But that's dealing with COVID, man. I'm glad at least I have a vaccination. So I just have mild symptoms. But either way, it, it still feel like crap, you know? Ace says that he's back to the podcast after a few months. Hey, man, I'm back also, baby. Stay My personal Stay life with... was wrecked last year. And, and now I'm back. And 
uh, you know, like I said, the the dedication of it all is, you know, I brought my podcasting gear to California because I <laughs> told people that we would be doing this on the daily. Now, I won't be able to do it tomorrow, yeah. uh, but the following day, I'm back. You yeah. know, so that that's basically it. We talked about the Cowboys. The Cowboys wet the bed yet again. Uh, I think that heads are going to roll. I think Some, someone's going to get fired by the end of the week. It'd probably be McCarthy. I think uh, Jerry's going to run with Dak. That's crazy, man. They already have Trey Lance on there. Just give the ball to Lance, see what he's got. Um, I think that the Texans might surprise on Saturday. Maybe. That is that is an interesting team, man. That's a young team. They believe. And I'll tell you what I love about the Texans. You see certain plays happen, and the fastest person on the screen is D'Amico Ryans running down the sidelines to congratulate a player, running down the sidelines to, to make a call or, or argue with an official. He is such a breath of the fresh air when it comes to, to, uh, to uh, coaching. Yeah. Uh, I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited about Baker Mayfield. Can you imagine Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, one of them is going to be in the NFC Championship game? That's so much fun. The question about Patrick Mahomes, uh, are the Chiefs good enough to uh, to overcome their deficiencies to make it to the AFC Championship again? Or is, or is Buffalo going to finally exercise their demons? That's an interesting talking point. Jason Kelsey, Eagles center, one of the greatest centers of all time, announced his retirement, or at least he told his teammates this last night. Yeah, You saw him walk off the field after Tampa beat Philadelphia. Jason Kelsey was was emotional, emotional crying his beautiful wife kylie kelsey was there with him uh in the stands uh, uh, cheering him on and they hugged after the game uh that guy is going to make the hall of fame what if joe what if jason kelsey retires and we see travis kelsey retire too i think travis still got some some tread on the tire there especially with taylor <laughs> he's got tread but man he could make more money in entertainment. He could. You know, he's made a name for himself, no doubt. Oh, and look at him. making a name for themselves. Can I mention somebody? Sure. Shannon Sharp and Club Shay Shay. Oh, man. His, his podcast or his live stream went off, bro. Dude. I mean, with the whole Cat Williams thing. But beyond that, uh, Ocho Cinco doing his uh, commentary along the way. That's the wave, man. That is the wave. And uh, I I love Shay Shay, dude. I'm I'm not a big fan of him on TV, but on yeah. the podcasting format, man, he shines, dude. He's he great. Is so good. Yep. So good. And he has great guests. And I like this comment here from Chris Bettis. He says, What's the best advice y'all could give if y'all had one looking to start? In other words, if you're wanting to make a name for yourself in the podcast uh, realm, I guess, or even radio. Reach out to the radio. Doing it already. Yeah, I did a little bit of radio back in the day with Chris Duell and uh, Carolina T. Guylan Jackson doing yeah. Spurs React. And the way that we got, well, the way that all of us got on there is we just called in. So if you call in to your favorite radio show or radio shows and you just have good takes, you're not being out there to be funny, but you, you go out there and you give a serious take, you are consistent with it. The radio show hosts, sometimes they're like, hey, this guy keeps calling in. I like what he has to say. Maybe we can have him on as a guest, you know, yeah. more consistently. And that's how it happens, man. And the other thing is you're trying to get into the podcast realm. The best thing I can, the best advice I can give anyone, don't be scared. Just get in front of the camera, get in, get a microphone and just talk. That's the best thing that you can do. Don't be afraid. You, you will find your voice at some point. You know, it's yeah. funny because uh, before the podcast started today this morning you know feeling under the weather i want to thank uh, chris gonzalez reaching out saying get the vix out for mike and joe <laughs> the egg <laughs> uh get the put the egg underneath the bed yeah uh, get me some vix on my feet and put on the socks yeah um what i find is funny is that i didn't prepare for this show very much other than i watched sports over the weekend yeah it used to be where and Rudy J would tell me this. He would tell me this early on in my career that I was overprepared. And sometimes you have to realize that you're not giving a dissertation. You're not giving a convention speech. You're talking sports. Yep. 
just talk. Be comfortable with what you're saying. Don't fake what you're saying because people will see what, when something's contrived. And I hated that about sports talk radio. As some things are contrived where it's like, you take this side of the story and I'll take that side of the story. I never did any of that shit. Yeah. I never did because I, I don't like contrived radio because you can see it. You can feel it. You can hear it. Yeah. Uh, but They're uh, trying to bullshit their way through something. Yeah, but reach out to me. Reach out to Joe. Reach out to Taylor. Reach out to Rudy J. We're not going to bite. We're all nice guys. <laughs> You know, hey man, reach out to DJ, DJ LG. He's a good guy too, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need to meet him, man. I, I I've met. I you know what? I did meet him, but it was like very, very brief in passing. It was at uh, at uh, Finnegan's, I think is the name of the place yeah. that sponsors their show. He's a good guy, man. Yeah, they're all good people, man. They're all good yeah. people. But uh, anyway, man, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna go lay down, dude. I am <laughs> beat. Me too. I got to submit some paperwork to work. I got to give him my work excuse here. Get it over to the HR lady. <laughs> and if I'm sick, give me the name of that uh, girl, the urgent care. Jeez, I think her name is Jessica, dude. Smoking hot, bro. All right, man. I'll be sure to take a 1099. Anyway, my <laughs> man. <laughs> I feel like garbage. It's time for me to go. Uh, live from Los Angeles, California, La Habra Heights. My name is Mike Jimenez. Joe Garcia. Hope you feel better. Everyone have a great day. Stay safe. I know it's cold. Bring the pets inside. Believe it or not, my dogs are inside. Except for the husky, who apparently likes it outside in the cold. Yeah. But everyone have a great day, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Yeah. See you later, fellas. Mm -hmm.